You are listening to Forged by Wisdom, audio brought to you by War Crime Media. For more, please visit us at warcrimemedia.com. Enjoy. The abortion issue shows us that theology matters, that everybody has a theology. Language lies at the foundation of culture building. And if Christians want to build for the future, then they need to reclaim language. I'm Aaron Osuna, and this is Forged by Wisdom. His desire and, and, and good pleasure from the beginning was to bring salvation to the entire earth. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. That's about Jesus. Jesus has been exalted. He is seated on his throne. He is ruling and reigning now, putting his enemies under his feet. So my question now is, how shall we think and feel about the nations? Look, we plant our feet and we fight in prayer and we fight in the pulpit. That's what we do. We expect God do something. It's the Holy Spirit that we need in order to have a powerful gospel. It's the Holy Spirit that causes men to be born again. We want to see life. We want to see growth. Brethren, we need the Spirit's power and His working in our midst. And as we marinate in the truth, in the good things of God, in the beauty of holiness, God is forming us into a great Entish army who are pulling down every stronghold. All right, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Forged by Wisdom. My name is Aaron Osun, and we have a lot of topics to get into today. But if you haven't joined the show before, that introduction is brand spanking new, and oh my goodness, it sounds good. That introduction is fantastic. Put together by yours truly, of course. Stayed way too late the other night to put that together. I think I sent that to some of the guys in our church at like 1.47 at night, but technically it was in the morning, but you know, you get what I'm saying. I was up way too late, but you know what? I thought I need to put a really good mashup. I found this really great song to put behind it. I love it. It's got that little, uh, it's got the little, the, the little you know, at the beginning of that, you know, you're racking one into the chamber. It's just fantastic. You, you got to love it. If you don't love it, then, you know, delete, move on with your life. So anyway, um, in other news, haven't done a show in a couple of weeks. Life's been pretty crazy, but one good thing has come out of that. My wife and I have our fourth baby, Levi Knox. That's right. From, you know, the tribe of Levi and from John Knox, putting those two things together. If you didn't catch that drift. We have a beautiful, healthy baby boy. My wife is slowly, surely recovering and doing great, and baby right now is doing fantastic. So we uh, we're just we're thankful to the Lord for our fourth, and uh, can't wait to be up all night. You know what I mean. Anyway, uh, moving on. So got a couple of things. All right, article right here coming from Vice. Now, if you don't know anything about Vice, if you've never really uh, tuned in before, or you've never really been a big reader as far as newspapers, articles, online blogs, stuff like that, then you know Vice is not a particularly, uh, which, forget conservative, just kind of sane uh, news distributor. <laughs> uh, Vice is pretty much, if you want to find everything that is 
um, outrageous and far left and not Christian, uh, then Vice is your place to go. Uh, but Vice has also taken a quite a, a, a liking to Jeff Durbin and all the work that they have done out in um, in Arizona with uh, abortion ministry, babies are murdered here. And in fact, the article that I have right here in front of me, this article entitled, no, I'll give you the title in a couple of them. I got to keep you hanging on this one. Um, but in this article, the headline photo is Jeff Durbin standing. I don't know if, if it's a picture of him and one of his sons or just another kid from the church, but holding up a babies are murdered here sign. So, uh, yeah, that's not um, unintentional. I think Vice has also done, uh, I think they did a documentary of some sorts where Jeff Durbin was featured in most of it, or maybe Apology, a church, or one one of the two, maybe a mixture of those things. Uh, and so this uh, this news site, quote-unquote news site, is uh, not neutral in this conversation regarding uh, abortion. So just... You know, be be forewarned as I'm reading this, and you don't, you know, your your jaw doesn't hit the floor, and you don't, you know, you don't crash your car while you're listening to this or something like that. Listen, they hate the pro-life movement. They do not like uh, anybody who's pro-life, especially abolitionists like Jeff Durbin. So, but as I I saw this article come up, and I'll be honest with you, when I first saw the article, I I just I laughed because. The article's title is just, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just funny. Okay. It's just, I, you read it and you're like vice. Oh my goodness, man. What are you doing, bro? You just, this, you just, they don't, uh, you just can't, you read the title and you go, what on earth? Why, why would they say that? Uh, but as you read it, I thought, you know what? I'm like, look, this would be a great moment for an episode to, to talk about a few things because embedded in this ridiculous article, well, the ridiculous title of the article, article's ridiculous too, is a number of things that I think we need to consider as we think about what Forged by Wisdom, what we're trying to do here. You know, if you listen to that, you know, sweet mashup at the beginning, what you realize is, yes, we, we are very strongly and um, explicitly about the rule and reign of Jesus Christ now in history, because his rule and reign now is accomplishing something in history, which is the Christianization of the world. It is the saving of the world, the redemption of the world, the resurrection of the world. And it's incurring now, and Christ is ruling and reigning, as you heard, until he puts all of his enemies under his feet. But we want that to be characterized not simply by critique, but by people who then learn to go and to build. And part of those things that we need to do in order to go and to build has to be first grounded in the two things I hope you heard at the beginning, which is prayer and the Spirit. We need prayer and the Spirit if we're going to accomplish that great task and then we need to be built up in the knowledge of God. So that that's the goal. So what I want out of this is not simply us pulling this apart. We're for sure going to do that. What do we do? You know, what's what's a step we can take from this that we can learn to say, okay, how how do we build off of this? And hopefully there's a few things that we can talk about. But here is the title to this 
this piece, this article. It's it's great. Okay, listen. Ready? They titled this, Republicans Want a New Weapon in the War on Abortion. Murder Charges. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I should. I need to get one of those buttons for that noise. You know what I'm saying? That'd be good. Um, yes, that's the title. Now, first, it just it's funny that Vice thinks one of the weapons in the war on abortion, you know, coming out abortion is Christian. Well, listen, they don't even say Christians, man. They just say Republicans. Like, they just equate the two. Now, this is ridiculous because I agree. Don't equate Christianity with the Republican Party. We can get to that later, right? We don't do that. Uh, I, 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 don't, I, I don't flag myself as a Republican automatically because I'm a Christian. But it just blows my mind. They are running with that. And I think for a few reasons. But notice that it, there's two things. One, they are just mind blown that one of the weapons that Republicans, aka Christians in this case, in this article, is that they would bring, they would want murder charges in the war on abortion. Like, just that would just be crazy. That's one of the weapons they're bringing in this battle. Murder charges. Uh, but the funnier thing is, front-loaded, is they think this is a Republican thing. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> a Republican thing? Like, that's your best category? And and you got to think about this, y'all. I'm looking at this on my screen. Jeff Durbin's photo is right under this article. And so you have this fat title slapped saying Republicans want murder charges as a new weapon in the war on abortion. And then you see Jeff Durbin standing there and his, you know, Jeff Durbin's always wearing the aviator shades. You know what I'm saying? Got the hair slick, but I'm not dogging him. Okay. I love the man, you know, uh, but you just, you, you look at the title and you look at the picture and you're just like, what's going on? Who, who chose the title for that? Um, they just, it just blows their mind that there are people out there who would want to do that. But what's even funnier is that they the only way they can categorize these people is by calling them Republicans, you know, because that's the dirty word now. If you're a Republican, you're a dirty word. Just letting you know, you're a big, fat, dirty word. Uh, so, just listen, there's a number of things here. number of things. So, let's start here. Uh, apart from getting to the, the murder charges part, because that is obviously is what fuels some of this. Well, it fuels the entire article, but I, I think it's important to point out, and it may, it may seem a little uh, just trying to nitpick, but the fact that they titled it Republicans in light of who, in light of who they're trying to uh, attribute this new weapon of warfare to which is really abolitionists. These are Christians who believe that God's word should apply to every area of life, including laws, including the culture, right? That they, they the best thing they can do is call them Republicans. And, and, and here's why, right? Listen, the reason Vice puts up on their article that these are Republicans is because Vice doesn't have a theological worldview that can account for people like Jeff Durbin. They just don't have one, right? <laughs> like, if you agree with what Jeff Durbin does, if you agree with their message, it, it, you know, if you're a church that is um, sp not sponsored, but you're a part of the end abortion now movement and you've signed up for that, listen, 
they don't have a theological category for you. So, right, that we're talking about a site that has abandoned uh, not just a biblical worldview, but literally just a, 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 a theological one in which there is a, a, a creator who is distinct from his creation, and he's made everything, right? Super basic, right? We're not getting crazy there. They've abandoned that, right? They, they've accepted a, 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 a worldview which says that what you see is what you get, and that's it. You, you know, it's, 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 it's what is here is what we have, and it's your experience that defines your existence, right? So how you experience things, what you, uh, what you feel, what you think is the determining factor of what is real and, and what reality is, is based upon. And so when you get people like this who encounter somebody like Jeff Durbin, which right now he's just the example, unfortunately, um, when they encounter somebody like that, like you, Christian, they, they encounter you. Uh, they don't have a category for you. See, what happens when you lose theology, when you act like the world is not theological in nature, then you're left with political uh, taglines to attach to people in order to make sense of their choices and their understandings and and their words. And so somebody who would dare think that they would want to attribute murder charges to people who... um, you know, murder their baby, uh, that the only thing that they can say is Republicans, right? Because in in that kind of world, everything is simply just political. There's nothing else that transcends it. And so if somebody said the opposite of you, then they are the, they are the opposing political, you know, party. They're, they're the opposing political force, and you have to label them as that opposing force so that you can understand who you're fighting against. But the, the, the irony here is not so much simply the title. It's just how completely unaware Vice really is about the theology and the nature that builds on the abolitionist movement. And not just the abolitionist movement, let me, let me make it clear, a Christian abolitionist movement, which is the, the really the, the heartbeat of the abolitionist movement right now um, in the war on abortion. Uh, they just, they don't have the category, y'all. And this just goes to show you, theology really does matter. I mean, I harp to my church all the time. You need to know the first couple chapters of your Bible. You need to know them very well. You need to know them that like, like the back of your hand. Theology matters. And the way that God has set up the world, the categories, the framework, the blueprint, that matters so significantly because nobody can escape it. If everybody is created by God and they live in his world, which they do, they can't escape those realities. And so theology matters. And and Vice is putting on full display in this article that they don't have any. And because they don't have any, they can't understand people who function with theology, and they can't actually make sense of God's world. And so you get them looking at people who say, listen, abortion is murder. Those who participate in abortion are murderers, right? 
two basic propositions here in a biblical worldview, right? Those things are deserving of murder charges, right? They don't have a framework for that. They just don't. But he, here's the second and most important point to this is don't believe people who say, listen, you keep your religion and you keep your theology and you keep your God out of my space, right? Because that, that's what you typically hear in articles like this. And I'll link to this article in the, in the show notes and you guys can go read it for yourself. I'm not going to read the thing on here. But when you do read it, while those words are not literally there word for word, that is that is the tone of the entire article. It's these extreme anti-abortion movement people, right? They want to weaponize in this war on abortion, which they think is like the greatest thing since sliced bread, that this war on abortion by these people, these anti-abortion people, these people need to be stopped. These are radical people. These, these are people who are trying to bring in their radical religion and their radical God and their radical theology in on something like this that we shouldn't bring those things in. We, we shouldn't bring, you know, personal beliefs and biases into this, you know, these kind of things. And, and you just need to stop and you need to hear the absurdity of something like that. You just need to hear it. Because when you read the article, Vice is not neutral in this article. They're not even close to being neutral. Not even close. You read the article and you will know without a shadow of a doubt that Vice sees abortion as a virtue. Right? They call evil good. So don't let the unbeliever, don't let Vice tell you they don't have a theology. Don't let them tell you that they don't have a God. And don't let them tell you that they don't have a Savior and that they don't have a gospel. They most assuredly have all of those. Their God is themselves. Their Savior and their gospel is abortion on demand that they can offer up their children in sacrifice and in doing so be blessed. Right? They have a theology. So listen. Everybody has one. Don't be fooled. Don't let them do the switcheroo on you, right? That don't think that because these people want to claim some type of neutrality or act like your religion is getting in our way, that they aren't then sneaking a religion in place of yours. They are. So what you, what you have to remember is that everybody has one. And that because everybody has one, it matters. It matters the kind of statements people make. It's the, it matters the kind of beliefs that they had. It matters the type of theology that people have. In Christian, it matters the kind of theology that you have. Would you be able to read the article and, and, and pick it? Would you be able to would you be able to see the worldview assumptions embedded in this article, right? It's like you know, I got this big, ugly, nasty tree that I've, if it were my place, I'd cut it down, but I'm renting, right? So this tree, you look at it and it's huge, right? But it, but it, it, it's, it didn't just pop up out of the ground, right? It grew and grew over time. 
But the way that big old tree is, is, is standing there still is because its roots are deep and destroying concrete, which sucks too, but they're deep. And, and you'd be a fool to not be able to look outside of my house and see that those roots go far and wide and deep to hold up that tree. And you need to be able to say, can I look at somebody else's tree, somebody else's world, and see the roots underneath the soil holding together that world? That's what you got to be able to do. This, uh, the, 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 so this matters. Listen, the fight matters. Theology matters. Everybody has one. And the fight that we are in, especially with an issue like this on abortion, absolutely matters not only in what other people think but in what you think right in what you think and this gets me to my second point that's this language matters right theology is built up of words it's it's built up of language when when we are theologizing we are assuming words we're, we're, we're assuming ideas. We have presuppositions that we're bringing, assumptions that we're bringing, and the way that we de- that way that we talk about things and describe things, it matters. It, it, it totally matters. The way that you call something matters. The way you identify something matters. Language is huge, and Vice knows this. So let's give it to them on this. Vice understands that language is massively important in their fight, right? They get it. The enemy understands this. They understand that the fight is important and they're willing to use language as their main weapon, right? You don't even have to get into the article to see it. They say, the title says it enough. Language matters. Republicans want a new weapon in the war on abortion. Murder charges. My friends, listen, that is not coincidental that they marked it that way. It's not. That is intentionally drawn. It, it, it's in, it's, that is an intentional title. And it matters the way language is used. It matters that they paint it as a Republican issue. It matters that they can't understand a Christian theological worldview. And it matters that they think murder charges would be a weapon in the war on abortion, right? It matters. And you read, you read and read and read throughout this article, and it is just apparent that the way that we describe things, the way that we define things, absolutely matters. Listen to this little piece from the article. This is, I believe, one of the first paragraphs. And the writer for Vice says this quote. The U.S. anti-abortion movement is built on the belief that getting an abortion is tantamount to killing a child, end quote. Right, so language matters, right? The U.S. anti-abortion movement, right? So forget the pro-life movement. They just want to define you as anti-something, right? Because that sound doesn't sound that great. You're anti-this. You're just a nanny nanny you know, meanie head, right? 
you're just anti-abortion. Well, you'd say, of course I'm anti-abortion. I'm anti-murder. But I also am anti-murder because I want people to live and thrive, right? So they want to they want to paint you a certain way, right? So the US anti-abortion movement is built on the belief and then here you go. Here here it comes. It's I don't know if you can hear it. It's yep, yep, it's winding up. It, it's about to come at you at 100 miles an hour. That getting an abortion is tantamount to killing a child. I mean, what else do you say? They describe the abolitionist movement. They described what every Christian, self-professing Christian should believe, that abortion is killing a child. It's not tantamount to killing a child. It is. And that's how they see it. But listen, don't be naive. They're not just describing the other side. Right, because here's how you would describe the other side. Like, let me step into the worldview for a second. And if I was trying to be honest and fair and as neutral as possible, here's how I would say it. The U.S. pro-life movement is built on the belief that an abortion is killing a child. End quote. That's how it should be written, right? If you were at least hoping that the other side was trying to paint you in the best light possible, why would you not put the sentence that way? But no, 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 no. Language is important. How you define things is important. And vice wants to cast a theological worldview for you here. They want to create the stage. And so it's the U.S. anti-abortion movement built on the belief that getting an abortion is tantamount to killing a child. Not that it is. They're not willing to concede that. And they're not even willing to grant that to the other side. Okay, so language matters here. Language absolutely matters. And once again, you think of how God has created, and it's not it's it's not a surprise that actually the vice does this, right? So listen, we we may recoil, and we should at what vice says, but it's not a surprise that vice acts this way. Because even the people advice, these, these people who write these articles, these are image bearers, right? These are image bearers of God. And so we need to think then, how did God make us? You know, what, how did God make us to function as an image bearer? What does it mean to be an image bearer? And you think of Genesis 2, right? Genesis 2.15 says, the Lord... God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Right? And then you jump down to 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. Listen, in the beginning of Genesis, one particular way in which mankind displays his image-bearingness of God 
in taking the dominion over the world is in his stewardship, his working and keeping of the created order, and in naming it. What he says about God's created world matters, right? Think about it. It's I think sometimes we we read something like that and we think, well, gosh, that's that's kind of weird. Like, did or did Adam sit there in his chair and animals were like, you know, coming by in a line? You know, he's like next, you know, and 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 a giraffe walks up and he just goes, hmm. Let's just go to giraffe. I got too many animals. Next, you know, like that's. I mean, I, I know I'm speculating here a little bit, but um, I I don't think that's how it went, right? When we think of uh, whether it's animals or uh, I think a better example, when we think of people being named, especially in an Old Testament context, names are significant, right? Names are intentional. Names are attributed and given in light of the context. So, when Adam is naming these animals, I'm going to speculate and to say, I think Adam, in the one way he functioned to bring and take dominion over the face of the earth, is that when he named the living creatures, and that was its name, I think Adam was able to look at God's created order and to name that animal appropriately in light of how God made the animal. Right, you're tracking. So I don't think Adam naming these animals is arbitrary. I don't think he's just throwing names out there. So I just that that's just to say that listen, when you think of Vice and their article, we need to we we gotta be able to you need to have that thing planted in your mind. Well, this is how God made people, right? This this is how he made them. He made Adam to name the animals, the living creatures, and that was its name, right? That is what it was. Its name was not just an arbitrary slap uh, of a title to the animal. It it was indicative of the the animal, the living creature's function and, and, and its being, right? It's... That's that's what we're talking about with naming. And so when we think of vice, we need to remember these are not neutral people. These are people in God's world living under God's Christ, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And they are functioning in a twisted way, right? A twisted way. But they are functioning in a way where they are mirroring how God has made them in his image, but under the curse of sin. And so language does matter, right? I'm not trying to say language is magical. Okay. That's not what I'm saying, but listen, there is somewhat, there is somewhat of a reality that words bring forth into reality things. And in this case, bring in, bring forth false realities that people really think they live in, that people really believe in, and that people are really willing to die for and to enter into and to live for. And we as Christians cannot get rid of that supernatural quality to words. When we name, when we define things, when we look at God's created order and we do the very thing that God did, We need to understand we are functioning first at a theological level 
and we are mimicking our creator so that language matters because what we are trying to bring to bear into the world christian of what hopefully our show is all about is the rule of god it's the dominion of god it is the reality that god has made that we are bringing to bear in jesus christ so language matters in doing that our words matter and so we need to take back language we have got to become people who know how to call things and name things we have got to be a people who steward god's world well and who don't let falsities pervade right if we know that god exists and he does and that he has made this world and that he has appointed his son jesus christ as the ruler of this world then when things come up against him and his world and his christ we cannot be quiet we can't be silent in fact we can't just be quiet in the sense of we need to proclaim the lordship of jesus christ we most certainly do but we need to say that naming that calling that word that definition that language is false we have to be able to say that so christian that means you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone and you're going to have to look the unbeliever and the unbelieving world and false worldviews and say, that is false. And it is anti-God. And it is anti-Christ. And it needs to be removed. And then you need to be able to do like Adam and better yet like Jesus Christ. And you need, need to be able to speak forth what God has already spoken in his word. You need to be able to speak forth as one with authority because you stand on God's authority. You stand on God's word and you need to speak God's word into reality. Not to change reality. I'm not talking about pixie dust or magic. I'm talking about using language to tear down strongholds and to build in light of Jesus Christ and his rule and his reign. We have got to take back language. We cannot allow unbelieving people to be the dictators of language. They do not dictate language. God does. He's done it in his word. And now as his stewards, we are to be the bearers of those words. Right? You think of the prophets and you think of the ultimate prophet in the God-man Jesus Christ, bringing God's word to bear upon the people and saying, repent and believe and then live in light of this word. And that's what we need to do. And a good place for us to start is to think of where God starts, Genesis 1 and 2. And we need to think that God has deposited there at the beginning what he has intended for his creation all along. We need to learn that language if we want to be people who build for the future, then we need to know how God built, and we need to build in light of that. And we need to think of the words that Jesus Christ has for all of his sons in the Proverbs and in the Psalms, 
And we need to be people who have a language to use so that not only can we fight, but we can build. And until next time, guys, go turn the world upside down. This is Forged by Wisdom. Forged by Wisdom is brought to you by War Crime Media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Gab. You want to support the show? Simply like, comment, and share the show with family, friends, or someone who you think needs it. Want to get a hold of us? Contact at warcrimemedia.com. Talk to you soon.